Hello and welcome to the Fit and Feminist podcast with fitness and nutrition coaches Lauren and Lindsay. Our aim is to educate and empower women to take control and rebuild confidence with their health, fitness and lives. We have the fitness facts and no-nonsense nutrition tips you need for success with a hefty dose of feminism thrown in. With top bands and massive oversharing along the way, we hope you finish each episode feeling a step closer to the life and results you deserve. If you'd like more of us or have a question you'd like answering on the podcast, you can message us at Lauren Randall Fitness and at Lindsay Wells PT and Nutrition. All right, let's get started. Hello, it's me, not Adele, it's Lauren. Um, And I am going to talk today about the differences between eating disorders and disordered eating or disordered eating habits, how we can recognise them, uh, some common characteristics of people with disordered eating habits and also signs of a healthy relationship with food and what that looks like. And then I'm going to discuss where the line is drawn between what is considered discipline and what might be disordered. So strap on in, <laughs> strap on, um, because this is this is a big one. So the difference between an eating disorder and disordered eating is that an eating disorder is a severe mental illness and can potentially be life-threatening. They're characterised when food, eating, exercise and body shape and size are an unhealthy preoccupation of someone's life. Um, Eating disorders include anorexia nervosa, avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, bulimia and binge eating disorder. And if anyone feels they have an eating disorder, then you want to go and get help straight away. Um, So BEAT is a really good um, website to go to if you feel like you have got an eating disorder or a therapist or go speak to your GP. So an eating disorder is not something that a personal trainer or a coach should be trying to help you with. Disordered eating is any eating behaviour that is abnormal, but not to the point of an official eating disorder. So if you imagine you've got two ends of the spectrum and one end is healthy eating habits and the other end is an eating disorder and then disordered eating is kind of along that spectrum. So this can look like obsessively counting calories, neurotic or stressing over food choices and quantities of food, obsessively weighing on the scales multiple times a day, refusing to eat if it hasn't been weighed first and rigidly sticking to food rules to the detriment of the quality of your life. Some common characteristics of people with disordered eating habits are that they are a perfectionist, they have difficulty expressing their thoughts and feelings, dichotomous thinking so that's very black or white it's kind of no gray area it's all or nothing Um, highly focused on perceived flaws negative self-talk low self-esteem defensive or irritable around meal times they feel undeserving of good things body avoidance and social avoidance meaning they won't go out to dinners with friends because they're trying to you know they're, they're afraid of what they may eat Physical signs of disordered eating would be a regular menstrual cycle, always feeling cold, digestive discomfort, dry skin or dry hair, those kind of things. So there are quite a few red flags that we can notice that would indicate signs of an unhealthy relationship with food or training, which could lead to disordered eating. So I'll list those off um, and then I will go into what where the line is drawn with whether it could lead to disordered eating or is it healthy is it not healthy 
So if you are listening and you're like, oh my goodness, I do that one. Don't panic just yet, okay? So a few red flags to notice. Guilt or shame around food. So after dessert, we've had a pizza or high calorie food. There's that feelings of guilt there. Labelling food good or bad. Relying on apps to determine all of your food choices. So only eating if my fitness pal says it's okay. Rigid food rules. So like no carbs or only eating vegetables first, never eating past six o'clock. You have to chew a certain number of times every time, those kind of things. Ignoring your internal hunger cues. So you might feel hungry, but you're thinking, oh, it's not time to eat yet, so I'm not going to do it. Or I think I might go over my calories, so I'm not going to eat, even though you physically feel hungry. Forbidding certain foods, heavy restricting on foods or binge eating on food. Referring to eating as guilty or naughty. Stress or anxiety around social occasions involving food. Stress or anxiety around stopping tracking or weighing your food. When the scale weight negatively impacts your mood. Skipping meals and always looking for the lower calorie option. So there's quite a few there and I will come on to which ones we need to kind of focus in on and at what point. But something to note as I said that I did touch on binge eating in there. So there is a difference between binge eating and emotional or overeating. So the difference between binge eating and emotional eating is that binge eating is where you have a complete loss of control. If someone told you to stop, you just couldn't. You you just completely uh, have lost control over it. Whereas someone who's emotional or overeating, which pretty much happens to everybody on, on occasion, um, they could stop if they really wanted to. For some people, overeating might be a few biscuits. For others, that's a normal snack. So overeating is subjective to the individual if they feel they've overeaten and feel shame around the food consumption. It doesn't really matter how much that looks like. So it's very subjective to to each person. So I've touched on the characteristics of disordered eating, what that could look like, and a few red flags, the difference between binge eating and emotional eating. So what does a healthy relationship with food look like? So that would be no food off limits. Food thoughts don't dominate your energy and time and focus. You don't need to justify your food choices to anyone. Calories don't determine your food choice. There's no guilt or shame around your food choice. Others' opinions don't affect your food choice. You're not defined by the foods that you eat. You eat when you're hungry and you stop when full most of the time. And a good way of kind of checking in with that is using the hungerfulness scale. So 10 being absolutely stuffed, like sick full and, and just feeling horrible and, and zero being starving hungry. So imagine this on a scale and you want to sit kind of between four and seven at all times, never really dipping too starving hungry that you're going to end up overeating and restricting too much. And never kind of being so overfull that you feel disgusting and, and, and gross. Um, and then four, four to seven is a nice range. It's not always the case. Sometimes we're out with friends, you're going for pizza, you're having dessert, and you're going to push up to eight, maybe nine. That's okay. That happens sometimes. Um, so yeah, signs of a healthy relationship with food. Uh, not considering eating if you are not hungry. So you're not thinking about food constantly, even when you're full not exercising out of guilt for eating or just trying to burn off calories because you've eaten or to punish yourself 
and you're not excessively training or training through an injury with minimal rest. So where is the line drawn between what is discipline because you have a goal and what is disordered? And this is where we need to look at the entire picture of the individual to get context to determine what is crossing the line for them. So, for example, tracking calories and weighing food is a really good temporary tool for someone with a healthy relationship with food that's looking to lose body fat or build muscle. And they don't really have a concept of how much they're eating or what they're eating and they don't know what's protein and what's a carb. It's a great tool to use. But the line would become crossed when they feel completely out of control, neurotic, unable to stop tracking and their actions are done out of guilt or fear rather than choice and empowerment. So regular body weight check-ins could be a great way to notice fat loss or weight trends over time. But for someone that allows that to dictate their mood and they feel like shit all day after they've weighed themselves and, and it's gone up a pound, it's like, well, is this a, a little red flag that we need to be paying attention to? So when multiple of these red flags are strung together and it's negatively impacting someone's life, that's when it's important to take a step back and assess what's going on and, and perhaps take a pause or, or ask for help. So some questions that you could ask yourself to be sure is, is this in my control or am I out of control? Am I doing this out of nourishment or punishment? And is it coming from a place of love or hate? Are you eating and training because you love your body and respect your body and you enjoy it? Or are you doing it because you hate how you look and you hate how you feel? There's a big difference and you will know where you sit on that, on that line. So if you know something is not quite right and you're aware of your unhealthy thoughts and behaviours, that's actually a really great starting point to begin working on everything. Without that self-awareness, you don't know that you can improve on it. So from there, there are so many things that you can work on and considered, which is entirely dependent on each person. So I'm going to reel off a few ideas but again every single person is different the reasons why behind what they're doing are going to vary person to person so what's going to work for them to help with their disordered eating is going to vary so my first one is therapy a coach a pt a nutritionist a dietitian cannot replace the work that a therapist can do and i cannot stress that enough that if you feel out of control and that you need help with your eating I would reach out to a therapist if you can. If you're not sure whether that's where you're at right now, feel free to message me, we can chat and we can go from there. Um, self-awareness and self-compassion. So stopping the critical self-talk, let yourself relax, have days off, eat the chocolate if you want it. Like there is no badge of honour for being a dick to ourselves. So be nice to yourself. That does take practice, but showing yourself kindness and compassion that you would a friend or a child. Think of it like that. Would, would I say this to a friend? Would I think this about a friend? So challenge your thoughts and beliefs and possible weight stigmas and thin ideals. You know, why are you scared of gaining weight? So really dig deep around that. Where does that fear come from? What do you think is going to happen if you do? Like re really, you know, journal about that. Think about it, question it, challenge it. Um, regular eating, so eating every two to three hours, that will help with the food preoccupation, um, staying between that four to seven range on the hunger fullness scale, those kind of things are super helpful. Um, it stops you from skipping meals, that kind of thing. Engaging in self-care activities, so this again 
anything that works for you and is authentic to you. This could be yoga or walking or reading or arts and crafts, which is absolutely not mine. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to be soothed with arts and crafts, but lots of people are. So go for it. Whatever brings you peace and joy, do more of that. Stop comparing yourself to other people. So unfollow accounts that you find yourself feeling shit about, basically. Disengage from talks around your body and your body size and around food. You are far more interesting than what your body looks like. You are far more interesting than what you've brought to work for lunch that day. So if someone wants to talk about it and you don't, change the subject. Like the less we talk about it and the less we think about it, the better we will feel about it. And I think a lot of this work actually comes down to just thinking about it less. But I say just thinking about it less, like it's easy. It's not. And for some people, these thoughts might never completely go away forever. But it's it's shutting them up. It's dimming them down. I imagine it like um like a light switch dimmer. Sometimes it's super bright. And then we can like turn it down, dim it down. Then it's bright again, dim it down. And it's how can we keep these thoughts and behaviours dimmed down as much as possible? Uh, journaling. I talk about this a lot. And that is because it is super, super helpful because a lot of our disordered eating habits and behaviors and things like that come and emotional eating comes from some kind of emotional dysfunction somewhere. And so with journaling, it can help you get to the bottom of the why behind your habits. And when you know why, you can kind of do a little bit more about it then. These habits have served you a purpose. It might not be obvious what that purpose is right now today you're like it's nothing but bad for my life but it's done something for you it's protected you from something or shielded you from something it has served a purpose otherwise you would have let it go a long time ago so figuring out what that purpose was uh disconnecting yourself from food labels such as i am vegan and i am fat no you eat a vegan diet and you have body fat so it's cutting that that label, that identity off. You are not your food. You are not your diet. You are you are Sally from down the road. You, <laughs> or whoever you are. You're not just a vegan. Or you are not fat. You have fat and you eat a certain type of way. Food neutrality and body neutrality. These are big ones. So food neutrality is seeing all food as simply food. There is no good, no bad. Simply higher cal, lower cal. Um, more nutritious or less nutritious, no good or bad, it is food. And body neutrality, so that's seeing your body for what it can do for you, rather than how it looks, or it looks, even even when it's body positivity, sometimes that, that can be difficult, and that body neutrality feels a little easier, and when we focus on what our body can do for us, we can feel a little bit more empowered. So try noticing the things that your body can do for you on a day-to-day -day basis like making this podcast or listening to this podcast or walking while listening to this podcast. The last one, the big one, stop dieting. And if you sat there and just suddenly went, huh, I can't, I can't, I can't stop dieting, then you are probably who I'm speaking to on this whole podcast because that control around needing to diet is, is what's holding you back from being able to take the next step forwards. So focusing more on looking after yourself and working on your relationship with food and your body image is far more important than your diet or your next diet. So I've absolutely blasted through there the differences between disordered eating and eating disorders, a few red flags to notice, what to look for, what's what's disordered, what's 
you know, dedicated, all that kind of stuff. And if you're not sure, feel free to message me and, you know, let's chat, let's figure it out. If you do emotionally or ovary, drop me a message. I've got an online worksheet that I can send you over. Um, and yeah, I, I will do my best to help you. And if I don't think it's in my realm, I can put you with somebody who I think can help. Um, but if you're sat there and you know something isn't right, then please reach out to somebody for help. You don't need this to go on forever and ever and ever and be 40, 50, 60, 70 years old and still feeling this way. There is, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. You will get through this. We just need to figure out why, why this is happening and what's going to be best for you in moving forward so that we can have a nice healthy relationship with food and body image. Alrighty guys, please drop me a message if you need. Um, I will pop, and Lindsay, I'll pop mine and Lindsay's um, Instagram handles in the show notes. And yeah, look forward to um, hearing from you. Thanks. Bye, guys.